Hi, this is Jeff, and this is episode seven of Subarachnoid Survivor. Um, episode six talked about the importance of messages and the impact they had on my recovery. This episode is about the times that nearly dying doesn't suck. Uh, and I mean that sincerely, because while uh, nearly dying has had lasting impacts on my life, even at this early stage, I can say there have been some things, some gifts really that came out of that uh, period and, and are still happening that, that might not have happened otherwise and have been, at least from my point of view, very positive. What I wanted to uh, talk about in this episode then is both some of the lighter moments, but also uh, some of the really positive outcomes. This may be a little bit longer episode, so settle in, make yourself comfortable. The first place I want to start is the more serious one, and for that I need a little more context. You'll recall that the whole clan is up at this rental cottage. Uh, two of the people that I haven't talked about much are um, two of the most important people in my life, which are my kids from my marriage. Um, they're young adults now. My, my son is uh, uh, university, at university doing kind of a round two. He just turned recently 26. And my daughter uh, is uh, finished her undergrad and is doing a whole bunch of different sort of part-time jobs and so forth, pursuing her career interests. And she just turned 24. So they're, they're, they're grown adults in many ways. But the piece of this puzzle that I want to share is to go back almost 10 years ago now um, and to highlight the fact that when I was going through my divorce, it was a difficult time for all of us, for my ex-wife, for my kids, for me. But if there's anybody that I think really uh, sort of took the brunt of it and not through any conscious effort, it would be my daughter. Uh, I she just, she got the short end of the stick, in my opinion, on many levels, and I feel badly about that. And that may be why uh, she had struggled in terms of her relationship with my girlfriend. Uh, my girlfriend and I are, are very much in love. And they had always been civil, but not particularly close. Except in the last year or so, I think things really began to percolate and it was going from bad to worse um, and that was hard it was hard on my daughter it was hard on me it was particularly hard on my girlfriend and I feel bad for everybody so you can imagine how I felt when I was in the ICU and my girlfriend and my daughter were, were talking I was really moved and then after I got discharged, I went to my parents' place for just a few days. And while I was in bed in their, their condo, they had a conversation, just a conversation between the two of them. And it wasn't about me. It was just a conversation. And I got to tell you, if me going through this is what it takes for the two of them to be companionable and friendly and civil. I'll make that trade any day. So that's one time when nearly dying really didn't suck. 
The other thing that happened was in the same vein. Uh, another example, I think I mentioned in a previous podcast about how um, I took a long walk um, just a week or two ago with my ex-wife. We've always been friendly post the divorce, um, but obviously we don't spend a lot of time together. She came out on the train to visit. She brought along their dog. I took our dog out. We had a long walk. We had a really lovely afternoon. But she said something that really struck me and also speaks to the impact of of this sort of experience. She turned to me and she said, you know, you have a guardian angel. And I thought that was a really nice thing to say. And then she said, you know that her name is Pam. And that's the name of my girlfriend. That's a pretty remarkable statement. I mean, the fact that my girlfriend played such a pivotal role in probably saving my life is true. But for my ex-wife to say that is really amazing. And I really appreciate that perspective as well. Another time that dying doesn't suck is broadly that in some ways you kind of get to see your own funeral. And I know that sounds really dark, but in my case, seeing my own funeral meant that I got to hear an outpouring of love and support from quite literally hundreds of people. That's that's really affirming. And not only does it help with my recovery, but it's really remarkable to be surrounded by that much love. Um, It makes me present to people who don't get that kind of support, but I am appreciative of all the people who love and care for me. And then there were some funny times when nearly dying didn't suck. Um, There's a picture of me that was taken, and I'm wearing a paper bowl on my head. We called it the barf hat, because for the first several days while I was in the ICU, as I came in and out of consciousness, I was violently ill regularly. I managed to get barf on a lot of people, and I apologize for that. But as you can imagine, it was not a very pleasant time. You're you're having this terrible head pain, and your body is moving uncontrollably while you vomit. It's not much fun. And I kept throwing up when I could into these little paper bowls. There came a time when I wasn't throwing up anymore, and I thought I might be okay, but I kept one of those bowls near me every time I ate. And since it stayed clean, it became a little bit of a good luck icon. And eventually I put it on my head and made it my barf hat. So in any case, that was kind of weird and funny. The other one that comes to mind is is that for a long period of time, as the blood began to break down in my brain, it began to wash through all of my cerebral spinal fluid. And there was a lot of irritation throughout my spine and particularly through the nerves that go through the walls of the cerebral spinal fluid. And it really affected my posterior, my butt, if you will. Um, And if I stood up at all and then sat down, it was a bit of a crapshoot as to whether I would be in pain or have a nice comfy place to sit down on, namely my butt. And when I did sit down, it was painful. The one thing that seemed to help it the most was somebody rubbing my butt. (laughs) So my girlfriend in particular jokes about the fact that I would sit down and go, oh, oh, ow, ow, rub my butt, rub my butt. So we tended to think that was was pretty funny. Um, And then the other time that 
it was really great was on opening doors overall. Deeper conversations with friends and family that I uh, hadn't anticipated, but as you heard in an earlier podcast, had hoped to have while I was at the cottage. I didn't have them at the cottage. I had them one-to-one sitting by my bedside. So, that is the end of episode seven, when dying nearly, when nearly dying doesn't suck. And as I say, I appreciate all the opportunities that this uh, unfortunate experience provided. Hope you're enjoying it. We'll chat with you soon in episode eight. Thanks so much.